Hey there, podcast listeners, listening to this shit so fancy free. yet yet but uh, yeah sorry the podcast is late this week it's been a bit of a weird week uh, for more than just the obvious reasons but you will hear from Monty in a little bit as well as myself and and our guest very first guest on this podcast Um, as we watch the state of origin the first Rugby League Stay of Origin match in 2020. It's weird watching Origin November, I'll tell you that much. So before we uh, go over to listen to... Well, I'll, I'll be frank with you. The only time that we could possibly do it this week was the 20 minutes before kickoff while we were eating our dinner. So I haven't actually listened back to it yet. I'm going to drop it in after this might be horrible, might be completely inaudible, and I might not even use it, and you might not even hear this at all. So I should probably have listened to it before I started recording the intro to it. Anyway, um, before we get to that, let's you know just have a little look what else is happening in the sport world. AFL proposed three in-season rookie drafts. That'd be interesting. How the fuck it'll work, but sounds interesting. Uh, little headline here. I shat myself. Bulldog's excuse to cops as he drink driving sentence handed down. I might open that article up and read a little more. Former Western Bulldogs vice captain uh, Lockie Hunter was drinking UDLs the night he collided with four parked cars. His lawyer has told a court. Well, don't tell him that. What kind of lawyer are you? Yeah, it's probably his first day. Lockie pleaded guilty in Melbourne Magistrate Court to drink driving, careless driving, and failing to give his name and address when property had been damaged. Yeah. First two weren't enough. Need to slap that one on as well. Anyway, he was sentenced to a $1,000 fine and a 12-month license disqualification without conviction recorded. Is that it? After Magistrate Michelle Hodgson said he had experienced significant sanctions from the Western Bulldogs, including a $5,000 game uh, fine and a four-game suspension. All right, so if your club waxes a punishment on you, then the courts only need to split the difference to what it should be. Interesting. Um, where can we just get to the bit where he shat his pants, please? Where is it? Sorry, I'm just reading down, looking for. Okay. Oh, hang on. It might be a metaphorical shitting of himself. Yeah. Oh, fuck. I thought the way the headline was written made it seem like the reason he, like, crashed the car was because he had literally shat himself. But now he's saying that he shat it like he was scared because he... Oh, Bloody, how about them Victorian openers in the Sheffield Shield? Just a 
casual 500 between them. No two, no, no, don't worry about that. And um, everyone's talking about uh, Will Pokovsky, uh maybe getting a nudge into the test squad. What about Harris? No one's mentioning Harris working his way back in. He double tunned up as well. How how livid would you be? Double ton up and no one's talking about you. Coming in. Bloody hell. Head. Got a nice 152. It's always good to know that head is in form. Uh, poor old Sonny Bills played his last game of league because the Toronto Wolfpack can't get uh, into the Super League. Still got a few fights in him though, I think, Sonny Bill. This isn't as fun doing it by myself. Ten takeaways from the Sheffield Shield round. Ten. God, that's scratching around after about six, wouldn't you? Uh, all right. Well, anything else going on? Anything weird going on in the US at the moment? Nothing weird going on over there at the moment, is there? No, it's all business as usual over there currently. Well, I tell you what, because we just had the Melbourne Cup, which I wasn't going to bother mentioning, but, you know, we've been doing the great moments in Melbourne Cup history. Uh, I think maybe we'll knock off two for you today. Two slices of Melbourne Cup history. So here's the first one. Great moments in Melbourne Cup history. The story of Farlap is well known with the thoroughbred dominating racing for a period and being the fuel of many legends. A Farlap statue sits in position of pride at Flemington Racetrack and pieces of Farlap were sent to museums and scientific institutions across Australia and New Zealand, presumably after the horse's death. Farlap was so much better than every other horse at the time that his odds went into the negative, meaning that if the horse won, punters had to pay the bookies out. Moronic punters still made sure they got a bet on, the thrill of being part of the amazing story outweighing the guaranteed financial hit. Champions beget haters, and Farlap was the target of attempted violence by gangsters. On the 1st of November 1930, Farlap was shot at after finishing track work. Thankfully, the bullet missed, and Farlap won the Melbourne Cup three days later. In the ensuing months, several more attempts were made on Farlap's life. A local near-do-well was seen trying to fit Farlap with four concrete shoes. An exploding salt lick was found in his stable, and after an incident outside the Melbourne Book Depository, Farlap swore off open-top horse floats for life. Mm, you don't... No, I haven't seen that, haven't heard that before, haven't seen that in any history books. I don't know, bloody revisionist history, fascist government wiping out all the info that we really need to know from history. Wait, oh, please excuse me. Well, without further ado, let's hear what uh, three people eating their dinner sound like talking about origin. Over to you, Stu. Thanks, Stu. Well, we haven't actually recorded anything for a podcast this week, but we're halfway through a State of Origin conversation at the moment. Hi, Monty. Fucking banter. Um, did you say thanks, Stu, to start this? Yeah, because I'll be throwing to myself. Oh, cool. <laughs> cool. Thanks, Pastor Stu. Hey, 
Monty, we're joined by someone for the first time ever. His name's Dave. He's a rabid Panthers fan. And uh, I do have to ask, we're about a week and a half past the uh, the, the big day. Uh, are you feeling all right yet? No. No, yeah, no I'm not. Um, more disappointed than sad now. It's like the seven stages of grief. They're a pretty similar emotion, though, those two. Disappointed and sad. Yeah, I get you. Well, sad to start with, followed by disappointed. What's next? Anger? Uh, yeah, it's, it's verging on to anger because, Hunger. They, because I feel like they blew it. Well, do I don't you, think they blew it. Do you think, think maybe the youthful energy and exuberance that took them all the way through the year is what cost them in the grand final? 100%. They... <laughs> They needed to calm the hell down in I the first half. I think I think I think you're both looking at. I don't think it was their fault. I don't think. I think so you think the storm. No matter what the yeah. Panthers had have done, the storm would have played accordingly, and that was just the way it was going to be. I just think the storm were going to get it, work out their way to get it done. I think you guys probably could have given a better show, but I just think that it was. It's not your fault to be new at this kind of thing. Like it's they know they've done this too many fucking times. By the way, I'm recording this on my phone at the club while we wait for our meals before watching Stanford. And so I hope you can hear this clearly and understand. Oh, what about this for a question? Um, while the storm were partying in the post grand final celebrations, they all had were wearing uh, printed up T-shirts that had six premiership rings huh. on their T-shirts. So Melbourne Storm, prim- like premiers, and six premiership rings, which. You know, for those who obviously know, means that they're counting the two premierships that they were stripped of for salary cap rorting. As if you fucking wouldn't. Well, are they technically right? Do they have to give back the rings for those two years? Ooh, good question. Ooh. But also... Do you get a ring in the NRL? Yeah. You get an actual ring? Everyone gets a ring? Yeah, I think it's a ring. You don't watch NRL? Well, have <laughs> you never seen, seen a grand final? And is it, are you then forced oh, to... Oh, you don't watch after the game because no. the Tigers don't win? No, no, I don't watch grand finals because the Tigers don't get them. <laughs> um, no, but are you then, after you get the ring, the grand final ring, you you have to wear it in play? <laughs> yeah, and so if, you, if you've won, like... Five premierships. Yeah. You've got some knuckle dusters yeah, to yeah, get in. Of course, yeah, of course. And that's why Jake Friend's dummy half service has gone downhill over the years. All the rings are getting in the way. Yeah. Um, but also, who gives a shit? It's, they've just printed up some shirts for themselves. They can put what they want on it, can't they? Yeah, put seven. I was just for themselves. <laughs> it wasn't. Fuck it. We had Tigers printed up some shirts too. Had, had eight for the last couple of years. Yeah, no, and it, it would have been nine for the yeah. Tigers. And it had Tedesco on it, who's still playing for them in this situation. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, we'll make whatever shirts we want. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, actually, I need to tell you something too. Well, it's time for another beer because I'm going to go no, get this, uh, Is this, uh, is this uh, NRL rumour mill? Is this no, hot no, off no, the no, mate. No, this it's is just take. from the point of a Panthers fan watching the NRL coverage on Channel 9. Gus Gould's commentary was extremely unnerving for us. As well. oh, it, right. wasn't, it wasn't good for anyone. No. no. Being 22 down and going, Panthers are well on top here. Well, I think I think no. I think you have made just a good assessment of Gus Gould in general. He never makes anyone feel comfortable. Doesn't matter who you are, you feel uncomfortable around when Gus is talking about whatever it is. Yeah. No one, you don't feel. Comfortable. I, I I really like him, but I didn't enjoy that. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm. I, I don't even I don't have neither like nor dislike for him. He is just there and always yeah. will be. Well, Look. pathways. Penrith mm. Yeah, there you go. Uh, just a quick important question. Who bought the beers last time? Yeah, I'm up. I'll go sure get right. beers. Um, okay. What do you want, another cozy? Cozy, please. Let's yeah. do that, Monty. Thank you. 
On you, mate. Shut up. Get your tits out of my face. <laughs> yeah, so so tell me what, what Panthers got going recruitment-wise for next year. Are they even bothering looking for anybody? Let people go so they can re-sign all their yeah, all the, that they play. <laughs> all the like, players have played out of their boots this year. Everyone that plays well this year, thank you. You have to move on. Captain James Tama, thank you. Sorry, yeah. can't keep you. Which isn't a bad thing, really, is it? Bush Mansour leaving, that makes me sad. I don't think he's the player he once was, though. So I don't, I don't think you're losing too much there. Ah, uh, that's over here, thanks. That's me, thank yeah. you. Thanks very much. Yeah, last time... Yeah, yeah, cool. No, no, all good, sorry. Sorry, I just meant to say that for the podcast, but you thought I was talking to him. Yeah. Now, last time you were here, Dave, you got a you got ordered a Scotch fillet, and you yep. didn't get a Scotch fillet. You got what looked like two sizzle steaks. You know how you get sizzle steaks in there. Yeah. You know what? Next, before I ever order another steak, I'm going to look up what the cut's supposed to look like, so I'm not disappointed. I think that's all right. That's, that's a, good. That's a sirloin. It's a, exactly, it's a sirloin. It's not a Scotch fillet. Scotch fillet. Oh, sorry. Is it meant to be Scotch fillet? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. It's got a carrot. That's good. Did you did you ask for it to be um, like flambéed to within an inch of its life? <clears throat> no. That's from medium rare. Let's see how they. Went. Let's see. Let's see on this podcast. <laughs> He's cutting it open. Oh, that's medium well. Yeah. Yeah, that's not, certainly not medium rare. It's a bit pink, but. Alright, well... You expect a bit of blood in there. So, State of Origin on tonight. We're we're all here going to watch it. Um, Any selection surprises as far as you're concerned? Brinko Lee's a massive omission for the Queenslanders. It's changed my thinking of the game massively. You said that. You couldn't keep a straight face while I was saying that. Do you mean that? No. <laughs> so who would, who would you have had in, Actually, ahead of Brenko Lee in their side originally? Wayne Bennett? <laughs> Think, well, they were talking about Kurt Capewell. Kurt Capewell's been named to start. Yeah, right. But this is where Queensland's at at the moment. No offence to Kurt Capewell because I think he's a good player, but he's meant to be a second rower who was on, like, who often didn't play for Panthers this year, couldn't crack the first grade side a lot of the time, and now he's... Starting centre for a... Starting centre? Yeah, I, I think that that's, that sums up where Queensland's at. Yeah, right. That's me, thank you. Oh, Yeah, you have this one. I'll go get some more. Do you want a kniff? Do you actually want it? No. Oh, well. Um, how are the veggies there, Dave? They are right. Splendid. So good to have red meat. Have to leave the house to have red meat. Why is that? Your wife is vegetarian? Twelve-year-old daughter's vegetarian. Right. And now she's dead. She was fine eating meat, any type of meat, up until about eight months ago. Yeah. But now just the thought of it makes her wretch. Oh. So do you ever kind of sneak outside with a rissole and just <laughs> kind of gnaw it out the back? No one looking? Is that different than before? <laughs> I've gone a little bit 
Mayor Giuliani <laughs> from Borat 2 style with a wrist lock. How oh. funny was that? I thought I thought I'd get a rasher of bacon. I thought so too. Rather than bits. Anyway. Did you watch you watch Borat too? Nah. I'm halfway watching? through it. I don't get time. Hey, we are so time poor. We can't we're doing this podcast at the pub before we yeah. stay of Origin. <laughs> I haven't got time for anything. Um Borat Two is brilliant. The whole movie, I thought this is terrible, this is just playing on a one turn joke. The end of it makes the whole movie amazing. I haven't got up to Rudy yet. So maybe it's a bit I'm like Christopher Nolan's The Prestige. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's similar to that. <laughs> uh, Fuck Christopher Nolan, I hate that guy. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, hang on, I don't know whether to ask my next question or let you follow that tangent. I don't like you that. go back in time and ask the question. Oh, okay. Fuck you, Nolan. What is... What oh, is, is that your problem? You, don't, you can't follow them, is that what's wrong? I think that's a big part of it. I think Nolan makes um, pieces of art, not stories. He's by far my favourite movie maker by a considerable amount. Really? Yeah. I even braved, braved COVID world to go and watch Tenet at the cinema. Oh, yeah, that's pretty out there. Yeah, I don't think you'll like it. <laughs> no, I, I won't. So, so your complaint is that he makes fancy set pieces and links them together with just saying, oh, it's time travel, or he was asleep, or, you know. I think it's a bit of a wank, right. what he does. Wow. Um, I thought me- I don't know if I agree Memento with that. was brilliant. That's fine. You know what happened? I thought Memento was brilliant. Yeah, right. Having said that, I haven't watched Tenet yet. I haven't. Not as good as the last three. Right. I hated um, Inception. I thought that was the worst in the All right. Well, there you go. What- Interesting thing. I actually watched the movie that Inception's basically plagiarised. Oh, really? It's a Japanese animation called Paprika. Nothing original. Paprika? Yeah. There you go. As in the... Very spicy. Spice, yeah. <laughs> no. All right. Well, this is now a movie review podcast. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't know we were still recording. Oh. You never do. While we're eating? You, you never understand. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. Because once the once the game starts, um, I want to shut it off. That's fair. So I was asking Dave about what he thought of the selections. You want any select, not stay Roger and selection thoughts, Monty? Yeah, I think Harry Grant should have been there. Mm. Yeah, that's fair. It seems to me there are a couple of selections um, that are... Well, you've waited so long to get into the side, so now you get in. Oh, the, uh, the, the main one being... Um, Jake Friend. Yeah. <laughs> so Jake Friend's having his Nathan Blacklock selection? Isn't Jake Friend one of the guys who's like one more concussion and he'll die? No. <laughs> but I would say... That's the Blues Captain, Blues Bordner, isn't it? It's Coy Bordner. Coy Bordner. Coy Bordner. I think um, Kiri's probably in that boat as yeah. well, because yeah. he got ahead of Cody Walker. Kiri should be there because he's played so well, but Walker was in clearly better form by the end of the year. Yeah. And don't you want more running guys in I think, I think Cody Walker would complement Cleary's game better than Kiri. i got a question for you. i got a good question for you. Um, is actual, we're delving into actual realm of sport podcasting, very different to us. <laughs> How different is this Origin team to an Origin team that would have been picked at the time Origin normally happens. Oh, 
do you think there are people who played their way in in the second half of the year that wouldn't have made it? Well, firstly, I'd say Clint Gutherson wouldn't have made yep. blue side, mm. but who would be picked at centre? Because I guess Ferguson would have been picked. Fergo by the first couple of weeks. Well, yeah. weren't para, didn't para charge out in the yeah. beginning? Yeah. Well, Latrell would be there because he wasn't injured by State Origin time, yep. was he? Yeah, yeah. Or just thereabouts? Yep. It was about them. Would he have made it? Was he playing well enough at that time? No. No. You know who? Um, he, he was playing. He was playing worse than picking Gutho a fullback at centre. <laughs> yeah, well, says a lot, doesn't it? Mm. <laughs> no, I didn't. I just love. Sorry, I just love the fact that New South Wales have a anti, a, a really strong anti picking a centre as a centre policy. Oh, yeah, I love it. Maybe, maybe Brad Pitt is anti-centred because he didn't like playing there when he started and he was only happy when he was in 5'8". <laughs> so trying to ignore the position picks, completely. No, now he picks 5'8". That no one play there. Yeah, exactly. Because oh, he knows the best centre is 5'8". <laughs> it's Laurie Daly's fault. It's Laurie Daly's fault when they push Laurie Daly out the centres because they had a million brilliant 5'8s. This is the driest medium rare steak ever. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, for me, I think back to what I was saying before, Harry Grant. Why do you not put him on the bench? He could be a utility player. He could come yep. up for a lot of things for you. He I could think. even play middle if you didn't need and, him at night. Right, like that too. I think. I think Especially that was a, when you got Kurt Capel playing him centre. It was a stupid move. I, I reckon. I reckon they're giving Friend one series because he's been stuck behind Cameron Munster for so many years. Uh, Cameron Smith, sorry, mm. so many years. I'm giving him one series and then Cameron just be... the Monster Smith. Cameron weekend of Ernie's. And then that, then it would just be then it would just be um, Harry Grant for the next decade probably. Yeah. Um, I reckon I reckon tonight's squad will look very different to three Wednesdays from now. Yeah. We saw what the level of attrition was like in the last right. four weeks of the NRL. Exactly. I think so people are just going to drop back to back to back. Yeah. Wow. Alright. So, um, predictions? For tonight's game? No, for game three weeks away. Dickhead. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> I reckon New South Wales win tonight 28-24. Wow. Oh, you gave me a score. Yeah. You see... See that Queensland team scoring four tries? Yeah, I was going to say, they've got 24 I points. See, I see us fucking up enough in defence to let them have four tries. Is it in the centres because no one knows how to defend there because they're not centres? <laughs> Playing like five eights. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, so Dane Gagai with a triple? Has he ever done that in Origin, mate? Well, a couple of times. Yeah, there you go. All right. I'm going to go New South Wales 36 to 12. Fuck. I hope so. I'm going to go Blues, 42-0. 42-0. It's actually a good chance. This Queensland team would fit in an NRL salary cap. It is not. Yep. I am. Um, but I know that the Queensland jersey does magical things. and Billy Moore. It's an ambush. Wayne, There's Wayne, an ambush Wayne Bennett would be setting up the ambush and all of that. But 95. Just a good thing about 95. Yeah, but they don't have Fatty Wharton. No, Fatty. No. No, no fatties or at all. Or Brett Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> all Matt <Maxine>. uh, <laughs> um, Alright, well the joy is that this will come out tomorrow after everyone knows what the score is and we'll either be brilliant or idiots. 
Yep. Any final thoughts, Monty? You haven't done the stupid tangents so far. Um, Except for some weird Christopher Nolan gear. <laughs> you got any uh, Trump predictions? Uh, well, he'll, I predict he'll continue being Trump. Is that what you're asking? I predict tomorrow he'll morph into his next Trump form. <laughs> Trumpier. No, I think um, I think Trump might win the election. Is that evolution well, or devolution? That's <laughs> certainly what the um, betting companies seem to think now. Yeah. Mm. Um, well, what about the pundit? All people who are trying to take the process seriously <laughs> seem to still predict a slight Biden win. Is that so the betting companies or the... No, I don't know. The eternal mm. But I think the betting companies, I think once one goes, I think they all They all follow. better jump in line. Yeah. Where are we at now? So we're not betting companies, but just election-wise. Yeah, tell us what we got. It's uh, currently five to eight. Uh, the, Eastern's the fuck summer thing is, time. Like the 238. It's 4 a.m. in New York. Yeah, about that. So, yeah, what's happening there, I'm sure. 238 to 213 to Biden, but you can never... That doesn't mean anything because of how they count shit. Because collegiates. Yeah, but also it's just like they've counted that many of the ones that Biden won. It doesn't uh, kind of matter. Yeah. Well, I hope you've enjoyed our thoughts and listening to us here. Hmm, an interesting conversation there. Not at all self-indulgent and dull. Um, I mean, the arrogance of trying to do a podcast while you're eating dinner. It's Monty's fault. I blame him. It was his idea. Uh, but, you know, I think our, our predictions were pretty close at the end there. One of those people talking, a particularly clever person, said that uh, New South Wales might falter from not picking centres in the centres. And where did all the tries kind of... Where did all the line breaks come through? Hmm? 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 Would it be in the centres? Where people aren't used to defending they were playing there? I don't think it might be. I might be right. Any hey, Look, we'll leave now with the last instalment of Great Moments in Melbourne Cup History... Um, but before we do, uh, we're going to have a little break for a few weeks. If this episode hasn't indicated to you already that uh, we're not running on much steam, then certainly you can take it from me now that uh, yeah, things are a little hectic at the moment, so we're struggling to to um, sit down and do episodes. So we're going to be away for a few weeks. We might come back in a few weeks and start talking about a bit of cricket. We'll start talking about a few test matches, a bit of test that. That's kind of what I'm hanging out for. So in the meantime, you know, uh, get on the socials, follow the socials, you know. We want to chat to people there. Um, tell a friend about this podcast. Not this podcast, not this episode necessarily, but, you know, perhaps an episode that you may have liked previously if such a thing exists. Um, and, you know, just keep watching the skies. I don't know what I mean by that. See you later. Great moments in Melbourne Cup history. There have certainly been some strange Melbourne Cup-related incidents over the years. There was the time that it was so misty while the race was being run that the horse that was in Barrier 18 was never seen again after the jump. The year a horse had to put a man down... The 1998 Breakaway Super Melbourne Cup competition. The introduction of random breath testing on the final straight. 
and of course, the time that they accidentally ran two Melbourne Cups in one year. One of the stranger stories though is about Archer, the winner of the inaugural Melbourne Cup, who also became the first back-to-back -back winner, taking out the second Melbourne Cup in 1862. A rumour had started that Archer had walked the 800 kilometres from his home in Nara to Melbourne to be able to participate in the first race in 1861. It was quickly discovered that this rumour was a load of old rubbish though, given that other competitors had travelled on the same steamboat as Archer to Melbourne. Archer also travelled by steamboat to Melbourne for the 1862 and the 1863 race. Archer was actually disqualified from racing in 1863 due to a technicality. It was a public holiday in Melbourne and the acceptance form that had been telegraphed for Archer did not make it in time. In protest at this bureaucratic balls-up, Archer's trainer also withdrew the two other horses he had included in the race, which resulted in the smallest ever field for the Melbourne Cup, seven horses. Archer also did not take this rejection well. It is said that with all the steamboat travel, Archer had become obsessed with the nautical life, and after being disqualified in 1863, set off on the high seas with a band of like-minded horses to become pirates. Ships coming in and out of the port of Melbourne had to pay for extra men in their crew to help protect against the regular raids by Captain Archer and the Bucking Buccaneers under their horse, skull and crossbones banner.